Hi guys, I'm Claire. And I'm Katie. And welcome back to the Mercury to Madness podcast. Woohoo! Woohoo! So Coming exciting. at you on a Wednesday. Oh yeah, who are we? Filming are on we? a Wednesday, recording on a Wednesday. I know, we, we decided to do it today because one, my dinner was taking very long last night to cook. <laughs> And two, we're both grandmas, so we thought if we did it, like, during the day, then we'd have more time to talk and not feel tired um, or delirious, which exactly. somehow I still do. But. I, yeah. Uh, we were like, oh, we'll have so much more time to talk. It'll be great. That was the whole plan. We just talked for, like, an hour and a half, and I'm like, Claire, you have another meeting at five. Should we maybe start? That's, like, in an hour. And we have, a, we have a pretty long case today. And she was like, oh, my God, it's already 3.50. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's okay. It's, it was it's definitely good to catch up. I mean, nothing new here. Still in lockdown, so we can't see each other in person, which yeah. is pretty sad. The um, day we can record together again is going to be such an iconic day. It really is. The day that we can sit down in your backyard with another margarita. If we even get to recording, because by then it'll be so, like, exciting. <laughs> I know. Even well. <laughs> we probably won't. <laughs> I know, no kidding. Uh, we just, even though there's nothing going on, there's still so much to update each other on. I know. For well, some like, reason. almost, almost two hours. Yeah, like, I, so. I, we just talked about a lot. Um, I could give you a little bit of a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go to school this week. Not to class, but to the location of my school. Because sadly, my landlord is selling our house. We had to go look for a new one. So that so was an fun. update I gave. What else is? What else do we talk about? Claire did a great about- workout yesterday. Yes. yes, we talked about to all the boys, three. Oh, yes, yes, we and did. how it is very cringy at times, but I love that. I'm not a fan oh. of Noah, whatever his name is, Centen- Centineo. Centineo? I, I feel like... like <laughs> I don't know, I feel like him, Ross Lynch, and Sean Mendes all have very similar vibes, and, like, that's my vibe. Mm, I don't like, have that vibe. I'm not on that wavelength. <laughs> but, like, you know, but you know that wavelength? Like, they all seem to, on this... Like, I, I mean, they look different, but their vibes... Yes, they have very similar... Yeah, like, they're in the same us, group over like, there. So, I think that's my vibe. Is Joshua Bassett included in that? I feel like he yes, can't yes. be. No, I feel like he can't be, because I don't, like, cringe at the thought of him. Okay, well, maybe he's an outlier. You know, <laughs> everyone has those outliers. Maybe he's an outlier... Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, just, you know, all the things to talk about. <laughs> the content you needed. Of course. What What else would they come here for? Well, that being said, why don't we get into our highlights? What was the highlight of your week? Oh, oh. well, one, we found a house, so that's good. Sad that he's I'm selling excited. it, but glad we found one. And um, it's my dad's birthday last weekend. And we wished you happy birthday last week. Yes. Um and we got my dad a punching bag because Oh those videos. <laughs> he wanted one. <laughs> if you're the select few that got a video of my dad using it, I hope you enjoy. Um <laughs> my god, it's so funny. He came up like dripping in sweat. He's like, That's hard, you should try it. I'm like, no, but I'm glad you're enjoying the present. <laughs> Oh, oh no! So sorry, people. Yeah, I we my family has decided we have one spare bedroom. It's in our basement, but 
it's it's a spare bedroom slash storage slash hockey room like it it does it all right so and now the like main room of our um, of our basement is pretty much taken up like barely any space for anything with gym equipment we love it and we want to get a squat rack and a barbell and things like that so i think my family has decided that we're turning our spare bedroom into a like a gym Uh room and my dad's like i can't i'm so excited to put punching bag in there now i'm like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) Uh, love new toys yeah there's a lot going on in the in the bod household you can never be bored here apparently just quarantine things. Just, just quarantine. This, this is what quarantine drives people to do. Let me Last tell you. quarantine, I cut my hair. This quarantine, I'm going to become a boxing pro. Yes. <laughs> we love that. Of course. What about you? What about your highlights? Um, I think the highlight of my week was probably getting to see my grandma. Um, Before, anyway, we were very careful how, how we did it was we stayed in well I guess it wasn't Airbnb but it was friends of my grandma's who were like not staying there like hadn't been staying there for a while so we stayed there and then we wore masks and it was when we went over to her house obviously and it was so funny because we were sitting in like opposite rooms when we were in her house uh, I can't <laughs> we even imagine like, yelling at each other from across the Yelling house. through the rooms and like same when we would eat dinner, like we would be in like the sun porch, like the front um covered in like porch area and she would be like all the way like on the other side of the kitchen <laughs> table, like in the other room. Oh my god. Be like, Hello. I'd be yelling. I'm like, sorry, I can't hear you. You're gonna have to speak That's a little me, louder. Half the time. Uh. So yeah, I mean, obviously it was like hard to be there like not being able to hug and stuff but so you know we did it as safely as we could um yeah if you saw i oh go ahead yeah and i just i mean it's it's been hard for my grandma as i'm sure a lot of people it's hard for a lot of people but i'm i don't know i guess i said this we lost my grandpa in november so you know or i guess last november now but like the november before all this so it's just been um hers so anyway it was really nice to see her even yeah. if it was just from across that's nice the, i think i well it's hard on everybody but i think it's different if you live alone especially yeah. if you're um older and live alone i don't know if yeah. you saw the people that follow me on instagram even though i we talk about it all the time i put um on my story uh, like a week ago maybe uh what would what would the first thing you would do be if covid like suddenly ended and mine was um hug my friends and family because you just said that and i was thinking oh my god yes. like i just want to hug my grandparents like so bad i know i know same because in the summer over lockdown i saw some of my family when it was okay people it was before lockdown um but every time i saw my grandparents i didn't go near them like i wore my mask and i stayed far away because of their age like they're really yeah we still, i mean we so i i ha- i haven't hugged my grandparents in like i don't even know more than a year yeah yeah same me and claire were just talking about how um we were 19 when we went into quarantine (laughs) and we're gonna be 21 in a few months yes it's it's great you Um, have two months and and i have three wow yeah and so another highlight of my week was for my fellow swifties it's been quite the week for (laughs) us um quite the week so taylor swift announced that she is releasing 
the re-recorded version of her Fearless album and including six new songs that almost made the album back then, which just makes me so excited that we're going to get to hear like old, new, old Taylor Swift music, if that makes sense. Like, um, and eight-year-old me was found dead. She was <laughs> deceased. Um, eight-year-old me, wow. Hearing, and so basically she released Love Story on Ugh, Friday, like love. the re-recorded version. Um, and I guess the whole, it, it, it's actually not um, really different from the original version, because I guess the whole point is, um, again, I don't quite know the whole story, like in the music biz, but basically she doesn't have ownership of, I think, the first three or four albums. Oh, wow. And so basically she doesn't make any money off of those, right? Because she doesn't own the rights to it. And so um, she's releasing as that in hopes that people will listen to like that version that she will own the rights to so oh but but even though like it's not different like didn't change the lyrics or anything like just a difference in recording quality from back then to now and hearing and obviously she's older so her voice is like more mature oh it was just (laughs) an unreal experience Um, Claire's just loving every second of it oh and hearing and hearing white horse we recorded which is probably one of my favorite songs um i so clearly, ready. Claire's Wait, having a lot of fun with that. <laughs> and, and at first, I thought it was April 29th that she was releasing. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's my birthday. But it's April 9th, not 29th. Uh, well, but I, I'm so excited. So at my fellow Swifties, how are you doing? Are you guys okay? How are you Let's doing? Go. Oh my god. If you like her, I'm really happy for you. That's great. This is this is one of the areas we differ but it's okay <laughs> it's fine i can still listen to her music she just wouldn't be my first choice yeah and yeah. if i was gonna listen to anything it would be her older music so maybe this is a time for me to get to know her better like her better something it just really hits different listening <laughs> it just really hit different um so those were the highlights of my week yeah i think you should oh, and, right. and- Oh yeah, I guess and I guess and to the and the third to all the boys in love before I movie, but that was what I was looking forward to last week. So. Yes. But anyway, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Um we should just get right into it. Claire is like an hour, we got something long, so let's just get into it. <laughs> Alright. Um so today we are going to be talking about the Hollywood Ripper. And why we're talking about this is because a few weeks ago, I think Katie sent me, or like two or three weeks ago, Katie yeah. sent me a TikTok. Of course. When do I not send you a TikTok? Oh, I know. I love getting sent TikToks. It's my love language. Because <laughs> um, I love getting sent stuff, though. Like when someone like DMs you something on Instagram or whatever, because you know, you know they're thinking about you. Yeah. I, um, you don't understand. Half the time I see like TikToks and I'm like, Claire would love that. But I send you so many that I'm like, maybe I should refrain. Sometimes. Oh, no, he keeps sending them. Oh, great. Okay. Um, anyway, so we're going to be discussing the Hollywood Ripper, and the reason why is because in this TikTok Katie sent me, she reminded me that there was this case that Ashton Kutcher testified in not yeah. that long ago. I think it was actually 2018 or 2019. Um, I should know because we did this right up, but um, I don't remember off the top of my head. And I remembered it. Like, I, I knew that he had testified in some case but I didn't realize like how big of a case it was and it was like he wasn't really involved in it but like that yeah. he testified in so went down the deep end on this one and this is a lengthy one so a lengthy one. we're gonna get right into it so 
We're going to start off. Our story starts in 1993 in Glenview, Illinois, with Trisha Picasso, not Picasso, Picasso, <laughs> um, she, on, and on the 18th of August, on August 24th, 1993. So she was born on January 18th, 1975, as we in Evanston, Illinois. Um, and throughout her life, her family lived on this cul-de-sac, and she had, their family had a good relationship with their neighbors. Um, and I actually lived near a cul-de-sac in my old, like, where I lived before I moved to Toronto, and it's so true. It's like a little, like, your own little community, like, when you live on a cul-de-sac. Um, but Trisha stood out. She was described as pretty on the inside and outside and full of energy. Hold on. I just have to say pretty on the inside. Not on the outside, though. Just on no, the on inside. On the inside and out. Ah. Uh. But okay, this, this always gets me thinking because whenever I like listen to a podcast or like, read an article on some stories like they're, they're always described in some way like how 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 would you describe me like if, Ooh, if someone interviewed you good... for a true oh <laughs> that's interesting i'm so i'm so curious like if i well i could was... say a description about your physical features like blonde hair blue eyes like that kind of stuff but if i was going to talk to me like always like oh she was so vivacious she was like okay so i would life. say i would say she's you're definitely like very smart I would say very funny. I think you're hilarious. Um, and, well, kind. You're very kind. Um, oh, thank you. And determined. You, you always put your mind to things and you achieve oh, them. Yeah, thank yeah. You. Oh, of course. Yes, you're welcome. I love you. I love you. Uh, <laughs> Why do we do this every episode? Yeah, I would say for, we got each other up every episode. We do. I would say for you, I'd say you're very empathetic. Like, you're always very caring like there for the people um i would say you're also very funny oh thank you no one else thinks this i don't know i don't know if there's like a word for this but like you're very like um oh i don't know how to describe it like you like constantly like in a good way like push your friends like Mm. like do good like be like do like do big things you know you're like you're like, like go outside of their like comfort zone and things i feel like yeah, that's, yeah. Like in a good way like you're always like inspiring people to like do oh, oh you're so nice to their me. goals and stuff i don't know if there's a word for that but like i i think i often get described as this has definitely been to- told me a lot as bubbly it's a lot yeah. of energy in me yeah, definitely a lot of energy um, um so that's so funny that's how we oh that, that's how you're so we describe nice. each other if you ever ended up on a murder we're, documentary. We're holding our hands up to the cameras like we're touching each other right now. Um, so that's how we would describe each other if we were ever on a murder documentary, which hopefully doesn't happen. <laughs> um, knock on wood, please. Um, anyway, so back to the story. She was popular as well, had good grades, and her nickname was Math Wiz. Why are um, they always, like, the most well-rounded, like, they do it all, people, yes, in these definitely cases? Definitely not my nickname. I would probably be called Cry at Math, because <laughs> I literally cried most of the times in math class in high school. Uh, was not a rare occurrence. Was not a rare occurrence. Uh, as you know from grade 10 math. Oh, I do know. um so that summer she had just graduated and it was her last summer before going to college uh that summer like before starting university or college is such a good one it it Um, was it really was and she's been accepted to purdue university woohoo 
So on the night of August 13th, um, she went out for a scavenger hunt party, got home around and got home around 1 a.m. But she never made it inside. So early the next morning, Trisha's dad walked out the side door that I guess they use more commonly than their front door and found his daughter's butt. Um, Trisha's mom, Diane, was at work when she found out what happened. Um, There were little clues left behind. She had been stabbed multiple times. Um, Whoever had attacked her had done so when she was trying to go inside. That's just so... That's just so crazy to me, though. Like, I think we were talking about this with the Martha Moxley case when she was found so close to her house. Like, you just never think anything bad is going to happen to you, like, that close to your house. house. Like, she was literally, like, opening the door, like, trying to go inside. Yeah. And it's it's so crazy. That, ooh. I always say it's kind of terrifying because we said in that last one that, like, that's kind of when you let your guard down. Like, you're so close to home. Like, you're feeling safe. Like, you're all good. No, she's probably, like, not really paying attention. Maybe, like, unlocking the door. Yeah, she's just going inside. Like, you're you're home. You're okay. Yeah. uh, That's just the most... Like, something about that is, like... Terrifies me? terrifying. Yeah. Um, But there was no evidence as to why anyone would have done this. Um, And she hadn't been sexually assaulted or robbed. She had no enemies, but it was clear it was a personal attack, um, just by the nature of the murder, obviously. Um, police had heard there was a pool party on the call du sac, um, but no one, no one they interviewed um, from that party saw anything. Um, but one of the uh, people interviewed brought up Michael Gardu- Gardulo. He was 17 and lived five houses down and was a friend of Trisha's brother. Um, some say he had be, been exhibiting weird behavior, and he was not described as kindly as Trisha. He was um, described as, you know, like pretty normal, maybe a bit shy, but he had a crazy switch, quote, quote, as it was described by friends. Um, <laughs> and he had some pretty weird mannerisms. He practiced martial arts and boxing, but other than hearsay, um, there was really no documented violence. Um, Michael kept inserting himself into the situation and that started to make people uncomfortable. I think we've talked about this a few times that sometimes that can be a sign of, like, guilt. Um, The police had taken her fingernail clippings, but at this time, like, they weren't, because of DNA, like, hadn't really advanced, they weren't able to really tell anything from that, Um, which is crazy how far we had been advanced just since the 90s. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So at this point, the case went cold. Um, and in 1997, a new team was put together. A few months into the investigation, a new suspect emerged. It was a former student named Eric Agazim. Uh, so they still believe that Michael was involved, but they think that maybe this Eric was involved or knew something about it too. Um, but Eric refused to speak to them. Um, and at this point, Michael was arrested in 1997 for felony burglary. He's just um, all over the place, isn't he? I know. So the police tried to get him to talk about Trisha's death for this to be reduced to a misdemeanor. Um, but he wouldn't say anything. Um, and so the team thought they should do a little more digging on Michael. So in the fall of 1998, he randomly shows up at Trisha's home and knocked on the door um diane answered the door and she said he's 
said to Diane that he needed to talk to Rick. Um, but Diane told Michael that Rick was at work. So Diane invited Michael in to sit and wait. Uh, once Rick got home and started talking to Michael, the conversation was interrupted by Michael's father coming to get him. Um, and Rick thought this was pretty strange so that he called and reported it. Um, he thinks that maybe this was Michael kind of saying, coming to say like he knew something or was involved or whatever. Um, and so right after this, Michael moved to LA. And just a few months later, Michael was called back to Illinois to testify for a grand jury. Michael thought, told police that he thought Eric was suspicious and that after the murder, Eric asked Michael to help hide a gym bag. Um, and it was strongly implied that it was the murder weapon that was inside it. But then on the stand, Michael said that this was all a lie and that none of that ever happened. And so then after this, he returned to California. In 2000, new detectives took over her case. These new detectives believed the fingernail clippings would be useful now that DNA testing advanced. Wow, that's like not that far for the I know. time advance. Wow. Um, yeah. So they it's sent the how fast it advances. Yeah. So they sent the clippings off to Illinois to uh, a state crime lab. These showed two DNA, two DNA profiles. One was Trisha's and one was someone who wasn't in the system. They tested it against Eric's and it wasn't a match. So they tried to test it against Michael, but since he was in another state, they had to wait. Michael really is moving around a little, I know. <laughs> a little bit right now. <laughs> Michael was trying to blend in. He liked to introduce himself to, to young women randomly. Odd. He introduced himself to 22-year-old Ashley Ellerin in late 2000 while she was outside with her friend Christopher changing a flat tire. He introduced himself as Mike and said he was having trouble with the heating and cooling business. Okay. <laughs> Ashley said she was having trouble with her AC and invited him to take a look at it. Um... Wouldn't you ask for a little bit of some qualifications? You just met this man. I know. She's just like, oh, come take a look. She's like, it's fine. Just enter. (laughs) Uh, He became fascinated by her and tried to insert himself in her life. He likes to insert himself in quite a few places, apparently. Uh, She thought it was strange, but didn't think he was dangerous. Um, She thought he just wanted to be her friend. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times, like, that's how you feel like you're like oh that's a little weird but surely it can't be like too bad yeah uh he would often show up at her house but at strange times uh and he was seen sitting in his car just staring that is so creepy michael i know (laughs) the next day he went back to back and ashley's friend justin confronted him he said the reason he was sitting outside of her house was because the FBI was at his house investigating for best friend's girlfriend's murder, or so he claimed. Okay. Justin asked why he was hiding from the FBI, and he revealed a knife he had, and Justin told Michael to leave. Michael, you're getting a little bit more and more sus every second. Um, they all thought it was an unlikely story. So on February 22nd, 2001, Ashley was found dead in her home. (sighs) She was born 
July 16th, 1978, described as amazing, beautiful, fun, and spontaneous. Every time they're described, they're described as, like, the best person ever. Like, what is going on? After high school, she moved to L.A. and rented an apartment in Hollywood Hills with her friend Jennifer. She immersed herself in the Hollywood Hills life. In December 2001, she was excited because she had been invited to go to the Grammy Awards party with Ashton Kutcher. And here's where our man enters. Enter Ashton. (laughs) Enter Ashton. You say it so casually, like it's not the Ashton Kutcher. Enter the Ashton Kutcher. (laughs) The day of the party was February 21st. She talked to him about Talk to him at 7.30 to confirm plans. Also, how do you just casually get invited to a Grammy Awards party by Ashton I know. Kutcher? I want to know how to get on that list. Apparently, you have to live in Hollywood Hills. I know. Also, this must have been pre-Mila. Well, yeah, it was, it was like early 2000s. Originally, they planned to go to the party at 8, but he was running late from another party. Oh, he is all Ashton! Like, he wasn't such high demand. I know, seriously. He called her at 8.24 and told her he would be there soon. She was still getting ready and told him she'd be, re- she'd be ready then. After 10 p.m., when he finally shows up, she didn't answer the door. Also, be there soon! That's an hour and a half later! Ladies. Ladies, ladies, I don't care if he's Ashton Kutcher. I don't care who If he says he's going to show up at 8 and it's after 10 p.m. No. I'm, I'm sorry. It's going to be a no for me. We don't care if it's the Ashton Kutcher and you're going to the Grammys. You're not going. No, truly, it's going to be a no for me. Give it up. Her car was there and the lights were on. So he looked through the window and thought he saw wine stains. This is like when people think... It's a mannequin, or people think, you know, it's not a wine stain. It's, it's not a mannequin. It's not a mannequin. Who just has mannequins? After that, yeah. he thought she was just upset that he was late, so he left. The next morning, she was found dead. <sighs> Ashley's roommate Jennifer came home at 8 a.m. and found her lying on the stairs covered in blood. She was posed after she was killed. Yeah, that's, that's so creepy. creepy. I know. She ran outside to call nine one one. I would do that, but if the intruder is still there, I, I, I wouldn't even. I would. I wouldn't even know what she. I just. Oh. I would run. Detective Tom Small arrived first on the scene. Name. Tom Small. And said it was a violent attack. Oh. Felt there was a lot of anger and rage behind this attack. Well, clearly. Clearly. Had many defense injuries, no clues or physical evidence left behind. That is interesting. Uh, The investigators were able to get a timeline established. Jennifer tried to get home at 10 because she left her keys at the house, but there were no answers. Ashton Kutcher went to the police to give any information he had, but he was ruled out. Also, I like how you put Ashton Kutcher like, like his full name is necessary. I know everyone else is his first name, but, but Ashton Kutcher, Mister Kutcher. Like I don't know how to address Mister Kutcher. I always wonder, like, if I were to meet someone famous, because what I would I call them? Also, who are these lucky people who just always seem to meet famous people? Famous but people. I've never met anyone famous. But if I did, like, would I just be like, 
Hello, Mr. Kutcher. Mr. Mr. Kutcher? Or do you call him Ashton? Or do you call him Ashton Kutcher? I don't know. And, like, if I met my man, Sean Mendez, I'd just be like, oh, hello, Mr. Mendez. <laughs> Mr. Mendez. Um, Anyways, so they spoke to the landlord who had seen her between 7 and 8. Just as a thought, I live at a home at school, and my landlord does not come around. Like, why would he just casually be seeing well, were, her? I, I think I read, like, they were in a little bit of a physical relationship. So. Oh, Okay. I read that somewhere. Makes more sense. Uh, Mark, the landlord, told the police that about 10 p.m. he saw someone walking around her apartment but didn't think it was suspicious. I don't know if it's just because I listen to true crime, but if I see a car, like, that I haven't seen often, like, sometimes cars, like, will just drive around or whatever. Like, I take note of that. Like I, I take I note of that. Oh, yes. Um... I heard about Michael from some friends, friends, and he re-interviewed people to ask about Michael. The police were told that Michael told wild stories. For example, that the Chicago police were framing him for murder and trying to get his DNA. Oh. Um, please, Michael. That's a bit of an interesting story. Yeah, the police started to suspect him. Michael quietly left town and moved to El Mon- Monte, Monte at this point. The Illinois Police Department contacted the L.A. police to ask for DNA. You know what this reminds me of is, like, Ted Bundy. I was just going to say Ted Bundy. Like, they're going to connect the dots eventually. Like, They really are. And because they both got, like, in trouble for, like, small things. Like, Ted Bundy's was, like, what, he got pulled over and Michael did, like, felony burglary or whatever. And, like, that they're both girls and they're young. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they teamed up to work on the cases together. They found him and moved to apprehend him. In his van, they found three no- knives. knives would make more sense, binoculars, and a Halloween mask, and a gun. He was taken for DNA testing and then was released. I'm sorry, released? He was out in the meantime. <laughs> he was dating someone he met while fixing her AC. Well, no wonder. He abused her badly, so badly that she had a detached retina. Oh my god. She kicked him out and got a restraining order, but he continued to stalk and threaten her. Uh, Michael, please. September 2003, officers finally were able to say the DNA found on Trisha's fingernails were Michael's. I'm sorry, it took them a long time. I know. And, and he's just kind of bopping in the meantime. Um, I know. This should have been a big win, but the Illinois state attorney said that the DNA evidence wasn't enough to charge him since only one swab was used. Okay. Claimed it could have been there from casual contact. Okay, see, now this is just doesn't make sense to me, so I guess they're claiming that because he had, like, been in the house and was, like, a friend of her brother's that, like, it could have been from, like, casual contact. But it's not so. Like, wouldn't there be more, more likely people for their, like, her DNA to be? And like, I don't know. Just that, that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I would have to agree. Um, his DNA was put into a national database anyways. Good call. That's the one good call. It's always, they're always incompetent when these ones come around. I just... Really, like, let me on the police force. I got it. The FBI. Uh, his... (laughs) Detective Small was shocked when they heard they didn't bring charges. 
I'm, I'm with you. I hear you. <laughs> In the early morning hours of December 1st, 2005, he strikes again. <laughs> 32-year-old Marina Bruno had four children who all lived with their dad. They recently moved into a new apartment specifically because they thought it was secure. On the night of November 30th, she went out drinking with her husband to try to patch things up. Oh, no. At the end of the night... Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. no, At the end of the night, her husband left at 2.30 a.m. Michael removed the screen from the window and entered and killed her. (gasps) Maria's blood alcohol content level, is that what you meant? Yeah. Might have prevented her from fighting back. Another very violent attack. Maria's friend told the police about the weird guy who had been watching Maria. I'm sorry, you haven't told the police before about a weird guy watching Maria? I know, why now? What? Little evidence of the scene. If there's a weird guy watching you, I would call the police. Else. Yeah. You know, there's a non emergency number you can call to. I don't know it, but you can look is. it up. I don't know it off the top of my head, but if you ever are feeling in a situation, but you're not like, oh, you know, like I don't need to call like 911. Yeah. You can call the non-emergency number. That's what I suggest. People, you should get on that. While this case is being investigated, Michael moved to Santa Monica and laid low. Who? Michael is just time. all over the place. For a little bit of time. So in spring of 2008, Michael honed in on 27-year-old Michelle Murphy. At some point, he was seen regularly outside of her apartment building, and they talked on many occasions. <laughs> Too many creepy men outside of apartment buildings. No, it's just Michael. It's just Michael all over the place. On April 28, 2008, Michael made his move. He cut the screen off her window on the second floor, and he entered the apartment and stabbed her. But the queen she is fought back and wounded my... Well, okay, not, not to say that the people who weren't... Didn't fight back weren't queens, but anyway. Um, she, fight, she fought back and wounded Michael um, on his hand long enough for him to stop the attack and for her to push him off her. She had been stabbed eight times and he ran off and she called for help. Officers looked for evidence and found a trail of blood that Michael left. Um, they tested it, and the DNA was, of course, Michael's. So at the time, he was living in an apartment across from Michelle with his wife. Oh, and from he, I'm sorry, he has a wife? Yeah. And kids, I read in a few places. So, uh, but I, I, some pla- some people said, some places said there was, some people said, didn't say anything about How it. How did he get this wife, randomly? Like, where did she come from? I don't know. So from his apartment, he was actually able to see into Michelle's apartment. So they got a match for Michael's DNA, and they arrested him on June 6, 2008. And when they arrested him, they found more shoe covers that matched the ones that were found at the crime scene that I believe was um, the crime scene of Maria. So he was charged with attempted murder and burglary for Michelle's case as she survived. Um, The officers that arrested him in California contacted Illinois to find out why they put Michael's DNA in the database in the first place. So at this time, the police weren't connecting everything and they were still trying to figure out what happened to Maria. So the police contacted the Almonte police to say they believe Michael was involved. 
Um, they searched his old apartment and found a shoe cover identical to the one found at the scene, as well as a hoodie and a hat. Um, the police believe this was good enough for them to charge him with the murders of Maria and Ashley. He tried, they tried to get a confession and put a cop undercover in the jail because he was in jail for the attempted murder um, and burglary. Uh, and he told them everything and told them how he planned to escape. But it's just, oh my gosh. Um, so Michael was, Michael is a I'm confident man. I'm only laughing because why do they always squeal to the undercover cops? I mean, I swear. He's a confident man, this Michael. I know. Michael was indicted for the murders of Ashley and Maria um, on September 4th, 2008. Michael was also indicted for the attempted escape from the jail, uh, which is more than Ted Bundy got because he (laughs) actually escaped from the jail. Um, But the case would take many years to make it before a jury. In May of 2011, the TV show 48 Hours released a special on Trisha's murder. And after this, an old co-worker of Michael's contacted police to say that Michael bragged about how he murdered a woman in Chicago in the 90s. And at the time, you know, Michael was known for kind of making up stories and he didn't really believe him. And so on July 7, 2011, he was finally charged with Trisha's murder. And at this point, he was dubbed the Hollywood Ripper. But it would be eight more years before he went to trial in May of 2019, which is not that long ago. That's a little less than two years. Wow, that doesn't even seem that I long. I guess it's almost two years oh my God. ago. Um, and he was only answering to the murders in California at this time. And he entered a plea of not guilty for a reason of insanity. Well, which, he is insane. Yeah. There were 250 witnesses, including Michelle, who survived, and Mr. Kutcher. <laughs> Mr. Kutcher. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher. Um, and so on August 15, 2019, Michael was found guilty. A week later, they ruled he was legally sane, which he definitely was. He is still awaiting sentencing, sentencing currently. And the death penalty was recommended by the jury. Um, one interesting point is the judge delayed sentencing after it was found that the prosecution held back information that called into question the reliability of a witness. Um, and I believe this had something to do with a cop that was called to the stand and he had been dismissed for some sort of like corruption or something on another case, I believe. Oh. So even though it directly didn't involve this case, like his reliability could have been brought into question. And so the prosecution said that that should have been noted. Um, and after he is sentenced, whenever that is, like, so as of February 17th, 2021, when we're recording this, um, at least from what I've looked up, he has not been sentenced. But after he is, he will then stand trial in Illinois um, and police actually think he could be responsible for even more murders, which I think is pretty likely. Yeah, I would say pretty likely. You know, I find this one, well, one, this is the first one that we actually know who did it. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah, so that's interesting. And mm-hmm. two, 
when I first started reading about this case, because Ashton Kutcher was involved, I never thought it was, like, this deep, you know, like, this I many know. layers. I know, that, that, that's why I kind of am glad we're talking about it, too, because, you know, I wanted to, you know, not pay tribute, but kind of, you know, bring light to the other victims. I feel like a lot of times only Ashley is talked about and Ashton Kutcher, which... I get it, but I think it's important to recognize that there were many, many people who were, and possibly even more, who were harmed and, and killed by this For man. For sure. And as most killers, he deserves to spend life in, in jail. I, I hear well, you. I, It's, wow, he committed a lot of those things a long time ago and still has not been sentenced. I know, I know, it's been... Uh, that's the one thing about the prison system. I feel like it takes so long to get through everything. It's like, what, 30 years or whatever since he committed yeah, the first one? Yeah, long time. 20-something years, yeah. Time. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess there's he not really, really... He really is, what? like, a second Ted Bundy bopping all over, only female victims, like, trying to escape, all this I know, stuff. there are definitely similarities. Yeah. Which is Interesting. Crazy. I think his age range for victims is a, a little bit broader so there was like a thirty-something-year-old, and that girl—the first girl was what, like seventeen? Yeah, but well, he was also obviously younger at that. Yeah, time. yeah. Um, um, how how did this man get a wife? Where did this wife come from? The children. I know. Wife? I never found too much on that. And I was like, I want to know more about the wife. Well, how? Yeah. What? Why? How? How? Not like what kept this girl alive, but why was he not inclined to kill the wife? I'm just confused. I know. Well, also Ted Bundy had his girlfriend. Yeah, it's a weird the one. The whole time. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's, it it's, and I guess it's good that we can't, like, understand. Yeah. <laughs> but, like. <sighs> I think I say this every time, but every time we talk about this, like, I get so, like, scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like I don't get, I mean, not that I don't care, like, this definitely, I, I really feel for the victims, and I, again, like, that's kind of why I thought it was good to do this, to, like, kind of bring up and um the other victims of this but i i am the type who loves to listen to true crime podcasts before bed i get too scared i get way too scared i do get spooked sometimes get spooked. specifically if i'm home alone and doing it that's just like not it i get spooked when i'm around people in the middle of broad daylight like i just i am spooked by true crime yeah yeah I just, I I know that they say he's sane, but no one who is sane kills many people. So I, how do they decipher this one? I know, like, every every killer should be insane. Yeah, like, how do they decipher which is actually insane and which is... Yeah, exactly. I just wonder what drove Michael to do all these things. I know, it's pretty... If he's generally described as, like, normal-ish. Uh, yeah. Very weird. It's a weird Very, one. very weird. And I am glad that they found him, and I am glad that he is off the streets. I think that's very good. And hopefully he will be prosecuted in the Illinois case as well. Yeah. And Trisha's family will finally have justice, what, 30-something years yeah, later? Yeah, say a long time later. So, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Well, well you know, I think you. I like this one maybe a little bit more than the other ones because we actually know some answers. Yeah. It's just, like, I feel like, for the most part, like, other than, like, and this sounds so bad because, but other than, like, the serial killer ones, the ones where we don't know kind of, like, what makes it 
interesting, like, you know, the trying to figure it out. But it is kind of nice when people are brought to justice. And yeah, yeah. We, we know what happens. and For sure. Yeah, their family can get closure and peace. Yeah. But I just think, like, how hard that must be not knowing. Of course. Yeah. Well... Well, so that's our case. We hope you enjoyed that one. I don't know if enjoyed is the right word. Yeah, I'm not never sure how to describe it. I know. I guess we're entertained. Hope you found that interesting. Yeah, interesting. Um, And I guess before we end, we'll talk about what we're looking forward to this week. What are we looking forward to, KB? Oh my God, what am I looking forward to? (laughs) I just every week I'm oh well I'm starting work again next week, which is always fun. Yay. I like being off. Like, I like having time to myself, but I'm bored, and I like working there. So, going back Yeah, to oh, that's so nice. Yeah. It's yeah. nice to, like, work somewhere you really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. What about yeah. you? Um, I'm looking forward to the last few days of reading week. I yeah. mean, I can't believe it's already Wednesday. It went by so fast. It really did. Um, and I mean, I guess it didn't really feel like that much different than a regular week, because all my lectures are pre-recorded and stuff anyway, so I do stuff on my own time but it was nice not to have to spend so many so much time watching lectures because it's still like the normal amount of time I would be in class like the lecture lengths so I've really been able to focus on my assignments that I have due in the next two weeks and kind of get a head start on those but also have time to relax because I don't also have to watch lectures yes that's been nice um and yeah that's what I'm looking forward to nothing Again, we're still in lockdown. I mean, I guess the stay-at-home order is being lifted But it's on still locked down. Tuesday. I don't quite know what that means because I think we're still in the gray lockdown zone. Yeah, what is the difference? If anyone knows, oh. let us know. I really don't know. Because um, I'm really confused. I thought lockdown just meant, like, you just stay home. I know. Unless so, you need to go anywhere, like, desperately. I'm still staying home regardless, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, so not not too much else but does anyone else feel like in lockdown when they go to the grocery store like to the shoppers that it's like a big occasion because you're in lockdown i went to the grocery store with my mom the other day and i'm like wow this is magical and i usually hate the grocery store i know but it's so weird because it feels like that one thing is like a big thing and i just can't imagine like you know whenever this is whenever concerts and stuff are allowed to happen I wonder, like, what it's going to feel like to be in that big of a group again after all this time. Like, I think it's going to be a little weird. I think there's going to be a lot of social anxiety that arises in people. Like, maybe frightening isn't the word, but I think it's going to be a little unsettling. It, yeah, it won't be what people are used to, to yeah. say the least. Oh. oh, gosh, okay, this is, like, another... Is there anything that you think of before COVID that, you like, now you look back and it's like, wow, I can't believe we didn't do that before covid like sanitation wise you know what i mean like yeah i i i can think of a few things yeah there's two things that i can think of one like when me and my roommates used to go to like a party or a bar or something and we all used to get different drinks like we would try each other's drinks but we'd be sharing the same like yeah cup like i can't even imagine that we sharing cups yeah and like they have boyfriends so it's not like like they 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 kiss their boyfriends or whatever maybe not on the same night but like and then I would oh drink another gosh, cups and we'd yeah. all drink the same cups like that's crazy to me or like sharing a chapstick like if you're out and you need to wear a chapstick like I know me and my roommates have done that and like you put your lips on the same thing that like yeah that stuff is like I can't believe 
Yeah. Mine is that I wouldn't disinfect my hands with hand sanitizer immediately after getting off the TTC. Yeah, I don't um, think I did that either. You just live your life? I know. And what else? Oh, that I, like... Not that I never washed my hands, but I feel like I wash my hands, like, all the time now. And I'm like, wow, I used to only wash them, like, after going to the washroom. Yeah. I'm sure there's other things that I could think of, but, like... I can't believe I was ever within six feet of anyone. I can't (laughs) believe I ever ate in the same room as someone else, like, at work or Uh, something. The last time I was indoors in a restaurant was, like, just about a year ago today. The first time I was at work and I took off my mask to eat lunch and I was eating lunch. I wasn't doing anything else. I was like, I don't think I've worn, I don't think I've been in a building without wearing a mask outside of my house in a long time. That's what I thought. I think three times I ate outside on a patio in the summer because there was a brief time where even indoor dining was open, but I don't know. Even when it was allowed, I never felt like I never went comfortable with indoor dining because I was like. It just seems, in my opinion, like a silly thing to risk when you could eat outside or just order. But anyway, so I, like, ate outside on a patio a couple times because I felt fine doing that. Um, And, well, other than that, those three times, like, I I have not been inside to a restaurant in, like, a year. Yeah. Which is insane. The thing about sharing drinks with someone else really blows my mind right now. Like, I I can't even imagine. Yeah. I, I... Ooh, ooh. and not that i think my roommates have like issues or anything that my friends are like no, no, gross no. it's just like i can't believe we did that before i know it's crazy oh anyways hope you guys enjoyed that episode um as always our instagrams are katie.bodison i'm at claire.ohagan and you know the podcast instagram is margarita madness podcast if you want to tell us what crazy things you did before covid without uh Without even thinking about it, please let us know. I'd love to hear some things like that that other people can think of. Oh, mine is, like, trying on clothes in a, like, store when, like, you don't know who's worn them or, like, anything. Yeah, that's a good one. What else? I, oh, I don't even know. But, like, what are those other crazy things that you did and you didn't even think about it before? I know. I didn't even think about, like, when I was out, like, if you know the coffee shop aroma they give you like a little chocolate with your whatever you order i can't believe i used to just like touch the chocolate with my hand while i've been out doing whatever i I didn't sanitize or didn't wash my hands or anything i would just and not think about it i know it's so weird definitely going to be taking some of these sanitation practices into post yeah no kidding oh like whatever that happens child care like at daycare when the kids were like young like i would go into the bathroom with them and practically like do everything for them in the bathroom like now just to hold a baby at work i have to wear a gown a mask goggles a face shield gloves like i can't even touch them without being like full ppe yeah yeah it's insane it's a crazy one (laughs) uh i can't even yeah i swimming in the same pool as other people can't imagine it so weird i know it's wild anyways we hope you have a good you have a good week week. yes that's exactly what i was just gonna say (laughs) it's all good go ahead take it away claire hope you have a good week stay safe stay healthy stay happy stay all those good things and we will see you next thursday bye guys bye